liberty. I pray, Holy Spirit, that Jesus' name is glorified today and that every believer is encouraged and strengthened today. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you encourage them today more and more to fight the good fight of faith and to hold on to the victory that you claimed at the cross. Thank you. I pray for your spirit of grace to be released in this room. And we make a declaration today that we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the way that we live. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for nourishment and strength and hope and joy and love to be bestowed upon every person. That they may be fulfilled and resting in you. Amen. 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 Welcome all. Welcome. Uh, Chris, did we record? Did we record? Yeah. Okay. You don't look at his. It's all right. Safe? Okay. Who's ready for today? Amen. For a person who started their journey with the Lord, if you can receive this, your journey will truly uh, move in the right direction. And I'm going to share a little treasure with you about, you remember I preached about that I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and by no means shall they ever harm you. You remember? And I, and I left the body of Christ, I think, hanging, if I should say. And I didn't tell him what the snake and the scorpion represents remember i'm going to share what the scorpion represents today and when you read that scripture and you say is that what it means you're going to see it today by the grace of god so i have a lot to share today so we'll see how far i go but you're going to get fed amen okay I was going to share some testimonies, but I said, we'll leave them for another day. We go to, <clears throat> so everyone remembers what I've been preaching about, about St. Paul last week, how he said that you've truly understood the grace of God and that it's bearing fruit because it's, the gospel is bearing fruit and their, pers their personal life with Christ is getting more and more um, fruitful in the Lord, it's because they truly understood the grace of God. 
Now, this is going to be a shock to many people about the first stage of preparing yourself to walk in the grace of God. Many have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that is the first principle of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is to receive Jesus himself. Then there's another step. And this is where so many people fall short. And I'll share with you why. It's beautiful how the Holy Spirit let me navigate and showed me of what it's all about. So I pray by God's grace that you receive this. Um, humbly I say this, that you receive it in truth. Okay, so we go first to Colossians chapter 1, verse 5 onwards. Okay. So who would think, you know, once I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, what do I need to do? Have you ever asked yourself that question? So I want you to hold on to that question in your heart. When I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, what is it that I need to do according to God's word and his truth? What is required from God to the, to the believers here? And how God navigates you and steers you into your destiny, it's crucial that you know this. And this has gone both ways. But I'll explain and I'll share my heart. This is a really a heartfelt message from me. Because if the... Oh, I won't spoil that. Okay, so let's read this first. Let's read this first. So my heart for you is to bless you, but to put you on the right truth. Believe me. Like what the Holy Spirit speaking to me, I do. I have a thousand things that I can preach about. Holy Spirit tells me, go this way, steer this way, go this way. And last week, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this. About the different levels of grace. The good thing is, they're all grace. It doesn't matter where you are, you're a work in progress. Amen? You're not meant to stay in that place, but you're a work in progress. And they are all different kinds of levels of grace that you are to walk in. And some of them has to do with identity, some of them has to do with responsibility. But I'd like to share that have we truly understood what the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is? I'm going to teach you the first principle other than receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What's the next thing you need to do? And I'll also get the microphone and allow people to have a go at it. And the ones that I shared it with, please don't answer. Okay, Colossians chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. He says, Because of the confident hope of experiencing that which is reserved and waiting for you in heaven, you previously heard of this hope in the message of truth, the gospel regarding your salvation. Now the first step of receiving the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is salvation. Which has come to you indeed just as it was in the whole world, the gospel is constantly bearing fruit and spreading by God's power, just as it has been doing among you ever since 
the day you first heard it, heard of it, and understood the grace of God in truth. Becoming thoroughly and deeply acquainted with it, you learned it from our representative, Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant who is faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and he also has told us of your love, well grounded and nurtured in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll just, I'll, I'll stop there, it's okay. I don't want to read too much today. Okay, so here he's talking about when the, the first moment you heard the grace of God, you have truly understood it. Now there is a mystery in Peter and there's a mystery in Paul about the true definition of the grace of God. And I'm going to share them today. Okay, so for the people here, that are students of the word, I like to challenge microphone. So, when you receive the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, what do you believe is the first principle that God requires when you lay down your life for Jesus Christ as your personal saviour? What, what is the principle after that that God requires? So, Chris has got the microphone. I would like uh, people to speak your heart, but just one, one. I'm looking for one word sort of thing. Uh, you want to give more than take. Give more than to take? Yeah. As in to be a giver? Yeah. Okay, amen. That's good. So whoever gets the answer, I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> David, did I tell you? You got no now, huh? <laughs> um, character. What's that? Character. Character. Okay. Bless you. It's good. It's good response. <laughs> Next. Anton. No, I didn't say Anton. Obedience? Obedience. Um, they're all good answers. Don't get me wrong. The truth? like The truth? <laughs> no. To know his love for you, your identity in him. Identity in him. Good, good answer. But I'm looking for one particular thing about understanding the true grace of God. Mercy. Mercy. Uh, discernment. Discernment, yeah, getting closer. Perception. <laughs> All right, come on, let's go. So, when, when you first received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, what do you think God's way of putting you in the true grace of God so he can move you forward? Anyone else want to have a go at it? Did I tell you, Michelin? Uh, I didn't tell Michelin. 
different. Um, not leaning on your own understanding, but the word of God. Good answer, but not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I've, I've changed my responses. I just have to be a bit clever. Heart. Examine your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Back. We've got one at the back, Chris. Start to think about it deeply. Dying to flesh. Dying to your flesh. Repentance. Repentance. Uh, here, anyone here? Anyone or no? <laughs> uh, Rabs, can I buy a vowel? <laughs> Take the microphone. Take it. <laughs> Nice one, George. Nice one. No, you already had to turn on time. So. Huh? No, he, but he's really. Oh, you, you got it. All right, come up here and say that. You got it? I'll give you the privilege of. Uh, being accountable. Thank you, Jesus. That is the first step. According to the word of God, <clears throat> that you be accountable. I'm going to share through the word of God what happens when you step into this place god's way not the way that we see today probably the hardest thing in my journey is to form this with the, the believers i can't tell you maybe 10 to 15 people in the ministry have opened their heart and i really believe it begins with trust there has to be trust between your leader that God's put in your path. There has to be trust for us to move forward spiritually. I'm going to share through the Word of God, inscripted of how God sees that you were truly humbling yourself in the beginning of your journey. Is accountability. And I'm going to share what, where God takes you through this accountability. And why did God make this something so important? And I'm going to share. The hardest thing in my journey, I've had people come and go, thousands. And I can't tell you how God allowed me to meet them, see them, minister to them. They're no longer here because one major thing, pride. And my heart, my heart for the believers is, is what God wants. 
if I can say it like this. So let's have a look at the scripture. We go to First Peter, chapter five, verse one. I'm going to read it slowly, and I'm going to read it in context so you can understand where I'm going with this. So the Holy Spirit, I was preaching something else. The Holy Spirit told me, no, you are going to begin to unlock step by step how to operate and flourish in the grace of God. And what's important from this message is you're going to see how God sees pride. You know how God sees pride? When you're not accountable. And you know accountability really matters when you're in trouble. Or really matters when you're off track. Or really matters where your heart needs attention. And that's the breaking point that I've seen People walk away and people humble themselves and take that correction. Now I'm going to read it and how Peter speaks about it. It's amazing because he deals with the leader first. And I'm going to read it out to you. We go to First Peter chapter 5. Okay, now look here. I want to share my heart. This is my heart to use. These are not just another number here. I have a lot on my plate, but I've opened my heart to walk with a lot of people by the grace of God, not out of obligation, but out of the love that I have for Christ. And this is something that he's given me, and I treat it so important. Because it's not about you just coming here and I have a heaps of people here. My, the, deep, the deep thing in my heart now is that he's move and grow and to be honest with all the respect we're past the message of what jesus done on the cross and that we are saved we're in a place now where god wants to move us into maturity and i'm going to be speaking about meat now and 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 how god takes you from this place to that place so let's have a look it says, therefore, I strongly urge the elders among you, pastors, spiritual leaders of the church, as a fellow elder and as an eyewitness called to testify of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you. Now look at that here. The first principle of why God puts pastors and spiritual leaders is to, sh to shepherd you, to guide you, and to protect you. Now, that's the, first, that's the first encounter with your spiritual leader, is to guide and to protect which area? Mostly around this place. So you begin to see now, and I'm going to explain as I go. It says, ex exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntary, according to the will of God. So not being forced, but being a volunteer as an ambassador of Christ, wanting to serve the people because that's your role in Christ. 
and not motivated for shameful gain, but with wholehearted enthusiasm. So look what it says here, not for shameful gain. There are leaders, unfortunately, in the world today, and it can happen to anyone that have taken advantage of people through money, through material things, through sinful things. I don't want to go too deep in it. But this is why so many people have not submitted to their leaders because they haven't seen Christ in, the, in their leader. And I'm going to explain here. Isn't it interesting that Paul, before he deals with, uh, with the believer, he deals with the leaders first. Uh, sorry, Peter. He deals with the leaders first. It says, not lording it over those assigned to your care. Do not be arrogant or overbearing. Meaning, don't become prideful with them. Don't become prideful with them. And also, don't become, do, not, do not put a weight on them that they can't carry. Now, in saying that, I can see where a person is spiritually, and I say this humbly, please understand my heart. I can see where a person is spiritually, at which level they are. I'm not going to give them something they can handle. In the beginning of my journey, I had to understand the love of God. I didn't understand fasting and prayer and that self-disciplined life without first receiving the true love of God. So there are levels that you undergo as a believer. And it's up to the leader that God's given to see where a person is and where and w what they can handle or what they can deal with. And that's crucial with me because I never... I learned so much in the beginning of my journey. I never promote someone before their time because I'm actually setting them up there for a burden that they can't carry. So there are levels that you undergo as a believer. I keep going. But be examples of Christian living to the flock. Set a pattern of integrity for your congregation. And when the chief shepherd Christ appears, you receive the conqueror's unfading crown of glory. Now, he's dealt with the leaders now. Now, let's see what he says to the believers or the congregation that's in the church. He says, Likewise, you younger men of lesser rank and experience, be subject to your elders, seek their counsel, and all of you close yourself with humility towards one another. Tie on the servant's apron, for God is opposed to the proud, the disdainful, presumptuous and he has defeat and and he defeats them but he gives grace to the humble now isn't it interesting here when you read it in context it says here you be subject to your elders that's how god sees you're walking in humility and you're not walking in, pr in pride so what's god's way of actually blessing you is when you naturally submit to your leader for what reason? Number one is to. Can we go up a sec, please? To guide and to protect. Now, this is not an overnight thing. This is a journey. But how God establishes you in the grace of God is when you submit to your leader. He can see where you are spiritually. And you have to ask yourself, have I trusted the person who's speaking to actually take me where Christ wants me to go? 
Have I trusted him? If my life depends on him, can I trust him? Now, that's what it comes to, trust. And I really believe that, that through that scripture, you begin to see how God can put you into a place to be established. So I keep going. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride. What does God see when you're walking alone and you're not accountable? He sees pride. I can't tell you the people who have opened their heart to me, not that I am anyone. It's what God's given me. They've opened their heart for me. The Holy Spirit is like a, like a, like a river speaking to them, counseling them, and allowing them to go to where God wants them to go and also to focus on what they, what they need to focus on. Now, it's probably the, the hardest message that I have to preach, but it's the most important because I'll tell you where it goes now. It says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, set aside self-righteous pride, so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service. Now it gets more powerful. Why did God create accountability? Why? To first, to, to first what? Can we go up please? To guide and to protect and then slowly introduce to you what? The kingdom of God. His will for you on earth. Isn't that amazing? How do we see accountability today? He's going to control me. He'll take advantage of me. You begin to see. But look what happens here. Uh, could we go down? It says here, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries. Oh, sorry, we'll go back. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. So you begin to see here what accountability was designed for, to guide and protect your heart and slowly introduce the kingdom of God into your life. Now that's another ministry, is the ministry of the kingdom, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to be used by God. It's another kingdom, it's another work. The first work is the biggest work, is your heart overcoming everything that the world gives you. And that's a, probably the hardest thing as a, as a, as a leader is, is that. Getting people saved, seeing people healed, seeing people delivered is the easy thing. Walking alongside people and and seeing them where they are, seeing where they need to go, seeing the obstacles, the challenges, the restrictions, the limitations is the hardest thing. And if we're not on the same page, and if you don't believe there is no such thing as accountability, then we're in error of the scripture. But how God sees the congregation growing is that when you make yourself accountable, and I've told many people, Many times, I will not speak unless the Holy Spirit prompts me. 
So there has to be trust. If you want to truly prosper in the true grace of God, you must be accountable. Now, you don't make yourself accountable to a person who's not spirit-filled, to a person who's not living by the Spirit. That's not true. But where the Holy Spirit's moving in and who God's put you into this place or whether it's another place, I don't know. You have to make the decision. But I'll tell you something. The church or the congregation's all about being united. Imagine someone being not accountable, the issue that's in their heart, the trust issues. Or imagine bringing your old nature into the new nature of Christ where people have wronged you or taken advantage of you or you've had issues with other church leaders. We are so uh, hesitant that we, that we open our hearts because a, a person may think I may take advantage of someone or see something in, some, in someone that they don't want me to see. That's not how the accountability is. You pour out your heart, you open your heart, God begins to move you. So let's keep reading. Meow. We saw the first thing, to guide and to protect your heart, to introduce to you a place of honor in his service by the grace of God. Then it talks about casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. You begin to see what comes through accountability. You begin to become well-balanced in your mind, your thought process, and self-disciplined in your Christian life, meaning you're managing your time in the right way. Keep going. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, immovable, knowing that the same experience of suffering have been experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. Now, let's, 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 read, this, let's read this in a deeper way. Look what it says here. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry. How, what can he feed on regarding this scripture? What can he feed on? He's hungry. He's looking something to eat. What can he eat regarding this scripture here? Pride. Self-righteous pride, being not accountable, he can feed on you. And he can attack you. Can you see this? So, so the enemy, the enemy has authority, I hate to say it, but he has authority over someone who has not made himself accountable in his heart. He has authority to attack that person. And isn't that a picture of what's happening in the Christian world today? The last thing pride wants is to be accountable. You need to know this, very important. It says, That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, 
seeking those who are not accountable. Because accountability is for what? To protect and guard your heart, to put you into service for the kingdom. Because if you're not serving the kingdom, then you're serving the world. You begin to see how the enemy traps people. Let's keep going. Knowing that the same, where are we? Knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world, you do not suffer alone. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who imparts his blessings and favor upon what? Upon accountability. Read it in context. Who called you to his own internal glory in Christ will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, establish you, making you what you ought to be. You see the blessings of accountability? Complete you, confirm you, confirm your calling, strengthen you to operate in your calling, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. You see the blessing of accountability? Now, if I was to tell you here, if I was to say, if I was to say it like this, the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you must make yourself accountable. And I've told many people before, pray and ask the Lord, and he will answer you, if you really mean it, and they're not just words. And I've had many confirmations from people around here, because that's the order of God, it's not the order of me. It's the order of God's truth. And all the promotions and blessings come from accountability. Why? Because that's how God sees humility. So when you're accountable to your leader, you're really accountable to God. You have to see it like this. You're really doing it unto God. You're not doing it unto man. You're doing it unto God to man. Do we understand that? It hurts my heart. I've heard this probably a thousand times. I only need Jesus and Jesus alone. And the truth is, in the beginning, Jesus is everything. But he has, he, has a, he has a what? He has principles. He has a protection. His church. So important to understand this. And who has he given authority to for the believer? Can we go up, please? I have to show this to you. And I say this humbly as well, but I just want to open your heart to this. It says here, Pastors, spiritual leaders of the church, as a fellow elder and as an eyewitness called to testify of the suffering of Christ, as, as well as one who shares in the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd and guide and protect the flock. He's given the leader authority for that. That's why the leader gets judged more strictly. Because he has a deep responsibility has a deep responsibility to watch over your soul. And there's so much that I want to share, but there has to be that door of accountability. And that comes as you walk and as you hear and as you build your trust, everything begins to take shape.
So let's break this scripture down quickly, and I'm going to show you some of the scriptures. So number one, why does God want you to be accountable to guide and to protect? Number two, to counsel you through experience. Whoever's writing these down. Number one, guide and protect you. To counsel you through experience. To exalt you to a place of honor in his service. Isn't that interesting? Amazing. You must understand you become accountable to be used by God. That's the way that God sees accountability. To, in a way, if I can say it like this, not to reduplicate myself, but to prepare people to hear from the Holy Spirit because everyone has a calling, everyone is different. But you have to understand that you have a calling from God before the foundation of the universe. And he's written your book as long as you're not the author anymore. So your leader, who is meant to be spiritually dead, will teach you how to get to that place. <clears throat> Number four. So your prayers can also be answered. Number five. To teach you the mind of Christ, to be well-balanced, self-disciplined, alert, and cautious through discernment. Number six, to be firm in your faith against Satan's attacks. Now, this is a very, very common one here, where I see so many people fall away, burnt out, or discouraged, is because there's no accountability. Discouraged, hopeless burnt out, hurt in the world. This is a big one here. Be firm in your faith against Satan's attacks, meaning be rooted, established, immovable. You know, the biggest issue today is we haven't taught people how to fight. We have a loving Jesus, but we're in a war. You know that? We're in a great spiritual war. We don't fight flesh and blood. We fight dark spiritual forces of this world. So everything that's manifesting itself here is a result of there. We haven't taught people how to fight. And many people don't know how to fight because they're hearing a wrong message. Number seven, after any suffering you've endured or you are enduring, God will complete, strengthen, establish you in what you're called to do for him. Okay, can we go back to First Peter? I think it's 10, is it? Okay, now you're going to see a, um, you're going to see something here. Keep going. Keep going. Is that it?
No historias. You go to 14. Now look what Peter says here. All the way, like from where I started. Yeah, keep going. Okay, now let's stop there. Go down a bit, please. Go to 12 to 14. Now look at this. Look what Peter says here. By Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly to counsel and testify that this is the true, the true grace. That this is the true grace, the undeserved favor of God, stand firm in it. You see the foundation he's, he's building for us? He's saying this is the true grace that you're here. The first stage, accountability. Now there's probably two or three people here that have told me, you speak how you want to speak. Whatever the Holy Spirit shows you, you speak. Now it's not about you coming to me and telling me this. It's about the trust in the heart. It's not about you coming and saying, speak to me. What does the Holy Spirit show you? My friend, it's a relationship. We build trust. My life is for you, just in the same way it's for my children. That's how I meant to see God's children or his sons and daughters. There has to be trust. And the Holy Spirit pours out the blessings through that trust, not because of accountability, it's trust. Now look what it says here. I have written to you briefly to counsel and testify that this is the true grace. Stand firm in it. Now you get a picture now. Okay. Have I, have I made myself accountable? Am I planted in this place? Believe me, if you're not planted by the grace of God, I tell you, go to where God tells you to go. But I tell you the truth, you're out of order if you're not accountable. I've had people come, good message, I need the help. It's not meant to be like this. We're in covenant together. We're here to do life together in Christ. This is not a place where you just come for the sake of coming. You come to learn your fate in Christ, your true destiny. Okay, we'll go to Proverbs 20.18. This is regarding to guide and to protect you. I want to share three points and then I'll share the scorpion. Okay, Proverbs 20.18. Plans are established by council, so make war only with wise guidance. Number two, twenty four six, Proverbs twenty four six.
Proverbs 24, 6, For by wise guidance you can wage war, and in your abundance of wise counsellors there is victory and safety. You see how God sees accountability? Do you see it in this way? Pride says, this person's going to control me. This person may take advantage of me. That's how pride responds. That war must not be in your heart. Proverbs 1.5 It says, The wise will hear and increase their learning, and the person of understanding will acquire wise counsel and the skill to steer his course wisely and to lead others to the truth. Very powerful. So not, I, not only are you to listen to change, but you're, li you're, you're listening to change yourself so you can lead others also. You see the, the ripple effect that accountability does? Okay, we go to counsel now. Now this is a big one here. Proverbs 15.22 It says, Without consultation and wise advice, plans are frustrated. But with many counsellors, they are established and succeed. So you start to see why there is a great issue in the body today of frustration. Because you don't have counsel. Number two, Proverbs eleven fourteen. It says, Where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counsellors, there is victory. So you begin, to, I'm just showing you, it's not about me, I'm showing you how you how you plant yourself in a place to begin your journey in the true grace of God. Now number three. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. This is to prepare you for godly service and ministry. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he has prearranged and made ready for us. Now we go to Luke 11.23, and this is when it gets a bit deep. Okay, now this is Jesus speaking. It says, Luke 11.23, He who is not with me, believing in me as Lord and Saviour, is against me. There is no impartial position. As he who does not gather with me, assisting in my ministry, scatters. Now I'm going to share with you what this means here. Let's have a look at it. Now, you ready for this? The word scatter comes from the Strong's e-sword, 
4650 for anyone who wants to look that up. 4650 from the word scatter. Now, the word scatter means, the, the word is scorpizo. I gave it away. Gave it away. <laughs> the word is scorpizo, meaning the one who scatters has been pieced by the scorpion. So when the Bible says in Luke 10.19, you have to see this, please. When the Holy Spirit revealed this to me, I nearly fell off my chair. Really. Because I understood what power I need to overcome Satan's sting through the scorpion. I'm not going to preach the serpent today. I'll preach the scorpion only. So let's see that scripture. In the... I know, the... Luke ten nineteen in the New King James, please. So this is interesting. And this can be a warning to many. I don't wish to elaborate on this message, but I'll say it how it is. The word scatter from the Strong's G for, uh, Greek 4650 is skopizo. It means to waste his life. It means to waste his life. Next one. It means someone who collects for themselves for personal gain. Someone who is driven by some other impulses, meaning the flesh. Next one. The one who flies in every direction. Now let's go here to this one here. Behold, I give you authority to trample on his will by living for yourself. I give you authority to trample on your own will. That's what he's saying here. He's saying here, I give you authority to trample on Satan's attacks through the scorpion, which means to waste your life on yourself. That's what the scripture means. I'm, I've given you enough authority and power through the Holy Spirit in faith to, to reject this. So what's, what does a scorpion do? You're living, but you're paralyzed. You're alive, but you cannot move spiritually anymore. That's what the scorpion does. And how he does that is when you waste your life on gathering for yourself. Are we listening? <laughs> when the Holy Spirit showed me that, I knew you fell off my chair. Literally. Four weeks ago, four, it was probably four or five weeks ago, he shared this with me. And I said, what is a scorpion? Is it a demon? And he said to me, this. The, the snake is a different approach. He attacks you a different way. But the scorpion attacks you. Satan's thing. 
live for yourself, gather for yourself. Your life is wasted. So when he says, I give you authority to trample on the scorpion, he gives you authority to reject your will, which is the fleshly will that Satan keeps you in bondage to live for yourself. He gives you authority to overcome this. So when Satan comes against you, what does he bring? He brings something that's undetected. Something, it's good. Everything's well. But you're not doing for nothing for God's will or his kingdom. You know that you've been stung by the scorpion. Because can I put it like this? If God is blessing you, it's for the kingdom. Yes, it's for you also. If God's promoting you, it's for what? It's for what? It's for what? Not, not to live out of that earthly domain anymore. So you learn a treasure today. I give, you, I give you authority and the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the fleshly will that Satan keeps you in bondage to. Something to think about today, isn't it? I told you in the beginning of this year, the message is going to get firmer and firmer. And your vision is going to get narrower and narrower. I told you. Because he told me. And when he showed me, more is demanded from me. And, and, and by the grace of God, I want to be up to this task. Because when the Lord speaks, I want to listen. He's speaking to me. He told me, from the year before, I'm going to show you Paul's deepest teachings. Then he, sh he showed me Jesus' deep deepest teachings. Then he showed me all the attacks of Satan. He showed me, I'm going to reveal all of Satan's attacks against mankind. And this is the greatest attack because it's undetected. It, it, gets, it gets hidden as it's a blessing from God, but it's really not. <clears throat> so what is the sting of the scorpion? To waste your, waste your life on yourself by gathering unto yourself. Wow. <laughs> no, interesting. But every level that I've given, every level that I've stepped into God, give, give, surrender, surrender. For the ones who are in the flesh, it's not comfortable to hear. Does that mean I'm in a place of a poverty mindset? I'm living out of poverty? No. But every measure that I've given God, give. Give another part of you. Surrender another part of you. So you can see me greater and bigger. And that is it. It's the truth. It's a narrow path. It is a narrow path. And when God gives it to the leader, he can give it to you. Slowly, slowly. Uh, little by little you can digest on it and put it into practice. So how does Satan come to you? The lust of the eye, the pride of life, and can you? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and Satan comes. That's how the scorpion comes. And the scorpion, what he does is he injects poison. I don't know exactly how he works, but you're, you're awake, but you cannot spiritually move. Your nervous system is paralyzed, meaning your spiritual life cannot move forward.
Isn't that interesting? That your spiritual life cannot move forward. What does the serpent do? He wraps himself around you, he strangles you. Another tactic. But the scorpion, you're you're living, but you're spiritually dead. You're spiritually paralyzed. You cannot move. Yes, that's the devil's work. And when I saw that, I said, "Hang on a second. I'm I'm not going to let him control my life. I belong to Christ. I'm not going to let him control my life. I'm not going to let him control my life." So look what God's bringing to me. Look at the level of truth that he's bringing to us. And look how important it is to be accountable. Who would think that the scorpion's thing is to live for yourself, to gather for yourself? Who would think that? (laughs) You read the gospel so differently now. And you think, well, I need power from God to overcome everything that the world stands for. You see how important cannabis is? You see? That's how important it is. Because if God's revealing this dimension of truth, by His grace, it's for us to change and to listen. The the Thayer Greek Dictionary that defines the Esau, it says here, that word scorpion, who who flies in every direction. We'll go to we'll go to Hebrews chapter thirteen. Okay, let's read it. I'll read this and probably save the other scripture to another day. The changeless Christ. Let love of your fellow believers continue. Do not neglect to extend hospitality to strangers, especially among the family of believers, being friendly, cordial and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously. For by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who were in prison as if you were their fellow prisoner. And those who are mistreated since you also are in the body and subject to physical suffering. Marriage is to be held in honor among all. That is regarded as something of great value. And the marriage bed undefiled by immorality or by any sexual sin. For God would judge the sexual immoral and adulterous. Let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. Shun greed. Be financially ethical. Being content with what you have. For he has said, 
I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Okay, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and encouraged and confidently say, the Lord is my helper in time of need, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Now, look at this here. Remember your leaders, for it was they who brought you the word of God. And consider the result of their conduct, the outcome of their godly lives, and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider of eternal salvation through Christ, and imitate their reliance on God with absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. Jesus Christ is eternally changeless, always the same yesterday, today and forever. Do not be carried away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be established and strengthened by grace, not by foods. Rules of diets and ritualistic meals, which bring no benefit or spiritual growth to those who observe them. We have an altar from which those who serve the, the tabernacle, sacred tent, have no right to eat. For the bodies of animals, whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest as an offering for sin, are burnt outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also suffered and died outside the city gate so that he might sanctify and set apart God's for God as holy the people who believe through the shedding of his own blood. So let us go out, let us go out to him outside the camp bearing his contempt, the disgrace and shame that he had to suffer, for we have no lasting for for here we have no lasting city, but we are seeking a city which is to come. Next. Through him, therefore, let us at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips, that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Do not neglect to do or contribute to the needy of the church as an expression of fellowship. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who give an account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would be of no benefit to you. Keep praying for us, for we are convinced that we have a good conscience, seeking to conduct ourselves honorably, that is, with moral courage and personal integrity in all things. And I urge you, and I urge all of you to pray earnestly, so that I may be restored to you soon. Now may the God of peace, the source of serenity and spiritual well-being, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant. Equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be. Accomplishing us in that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever.
I call on you, brothers and sisters, listen patiently to this message of exhortation and encouragement. For I have written to you briefly, notice that our brother Timothy has been released from prison. If he comes soon, I will see you along with him. Give our greetings to all your spiritual leaders and to all of the saints, God's people. Those Christians from Italy, send their greetings. Grace be with you all. So you start to see, you start to see the role of accountability. You start to see how important it is that the Lord establishes you in this way. Now that's the first step. That's the first step of after I've received Jesus Christ as my Savior. You have to have clarity of why you need to be accountable and how God promotes you in that process. We understand that all. This is not a message about me. This is not a message for you to come and say, I'm accountable to you. I'm opening your heart so you can understand God's way of doing church and God's way of establishing you into your true calling. We understand that? And you start to see how important accountability is because there are two powers working in against you, the snake and the scorpion. And their will is to keep you in that place of this earth. To keep you with everything that you think and you thought you've known, to gather for yourself, focus on yourself, you start to see how important accountability is. And you start to see the things that he has to deal with inside of your own heart. So I was going to read out the scripture, but I'll leave it. I just want to open your heart to the first step of the grace of God. Are you, are you a believer that is in this place for this particular reason? Because that's how God sees it for you to be in this place. That you be humble by being accountable. Not to be controlled, not to be uh, taken advantage of, but to be led into true service for your calling. So God slowly, slowly navigating the way for you to slowly, slowly introduce spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts without accountability, it will not happen. It will not happen. Accountability first, spiritual gifts, protection will come upon the whole body. Because spiritual gifts is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit upon us. And the Holy Spirit showed me very clearly, you cannot go into spiritual gifts without bringing a foundation of accountability. And accountability begins with what? Love, trust, honor. If, the, if that is there, the Holy Spirit will work in the way that he wants. If they're not there, he will not work. I can't tell you the things that I've seen in my journey. I was seen for people on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. It's not about me. It's the role God's given me. And the moment there was dishonor, gossip, slander, attacks against me, the Lord didn't let me see anymore. Where there was honor, I'm telling you, where there was honor, God rescued people from hell. Where they fell, they went back to the world, and God took me in there to fight for that person spiritually. And the next day, that person got restored. And when I talk about rebellion, this person was rebelling. So that's the love. That's the love and compassion and mercy of the Lord. But you start to see how important accountability is.
to God and to protect you, to introduce you slowly into your calling and to slowly, slowly help you do life together with Christ, to protect your heart so the enemy doesn't find residence in this place. You start to see. And you start to see spiritually, okay, this person is here. Give him the knowledge and the wisdom to deal with this place. This is how I deal spiritually with people now. I start to see where their warfare is, where the enemy is attacking their heart. I start to see where they need attention. You start to see. Some people need attention for their hearts regarding whatever it is, anger, unforgiveness, hurt, brokenness, many things. You start to see some people now, they want to have revelation, they want to move beyond that place. You start to see spiritually where a person is. But you see God's way of humility, accountability. You see it so differently now because you're really becoming humble to the Lord, not to man. It's not about man. It's about God. You're doing it unto God. Before you do anything, you're doing it unto the Lord. He gives you. He pours it upon you. The reason why so many people are not getting blessed, and I'll say it how it is, they're not accountable. I'll say it how it is. Promotion, promotion, hearing, moving forward, is because they're not accountable. And I really believe so many people don't know. They don't know about this. <laughs> That when I asked the question, I wanted to show you is that it's the last thing would say. You know why? Because it's the last thing pride wants to hear. So I encourage every person here to open your heart because you're really doing it unto Christ. And step by step, just allow the Holy Spirit to slowly, slowly build that foundation where you move in that structure of the Holy Spirit. Satan attacks you outside structure. He, he looks for someone he can eat where there is pride, who's not accountable, who has no structure. Me, as a person, I like to get to know someone. Because when I get to know someone, I can see their flaws, their cracks, what needs attention, I can see. And that person has that trust that he can open up and God begins to navigate and work. And I really believe through the teaching, it's coming a lot of the teaching is coming because of this. So I encourage you, you serious about your journey? This is how it's got to be. And that's the first step after receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. What God requires from every person to move from immaturity to maturity, to move from the milk to the meat. The first procedure is humility through accountability. And there has to be trust. People who jump from place to place, I'm against it. Because God gives the shepherd or the leader um, authority over that flock that he's given them. For a person to jump from place to place, they're out of order. And this is not an encouraging message for your life to be stable in the Lord. So bless you all. And let's pray.
very important you understand this. Accountability is God's way of protecting you. Accountability is God's way of confirming your calling. The Holy Spirit showed me that I'm not to preach about spiritual gifts until accountability is established. Because God builds off a relationship of trust, love and honor. Vice versa. No one is bigger than anyone here. We're here for each other. But that's my heart for you. That you grow. You don't come for the sake of it and you're not growing. I haven't done my... I haven't done my, my true uh, work if I haven't preached the way that God wants me to preach. Very important. So open your hand. Probably the hardest thing that I had to deal with was that in the in my ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, I lost thousands of people because of pride. And this is my heart that we stay together in love, but we have a heart to be teachable. When it hurts, when it's hard, when you don't know where you're going, that's when accountability really matters. So let's pray. We thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, Lord. Your word is eternal. And as Peter declared, this is the true grace of God. We stand firm in it. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, from my heart, that my heart is humbled by your grace to walk with them, Lord, in your truth, your compassion, and your mercy. I pray for your grace to fall upon every person here, that we can truly work together in unity with our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray for every heart, Lord, that it's humbled with accountability so that we can grow and be blessed. Thank you, Lord, for your word concerning us. We love you, Jesus. And we honor you. Thank you for giving us direction. Thank you for continuously challenging us to grow more and more in your grace. I pray for every believer here today that they open their hearts so we can work as one, just as you and the Father are one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you. Pray for every heart today. We are established in your true grace. We worship you and we honor you. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you have your way, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to pray for a guy here who's physically sick. 
more of a mental sickness regarding any addictions that he's going through. I'd like to pray for him. There's maybe one, more than one. I pray for him. Addictions are broken by the Holy Spirit. You can't stand firm against addictions. <laughs> 